1: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Megan, coming to you live as the Abs win over the Buffalo Sabers six to four. Uh, it was a little squirrely at times, to say the least, but definitely an exciting game all the way around. I, I mean. I don't want to spoil anything. Megan's gonna do the longest rundown of the season here, so we're giving her two minutes for the record. (laughs) The
0: thirty-minute rundown.
1: (laughs) That's the whole pot. Is you just running (laughs) down the the game? -game Perfect show. (laughs) Make my job really easy.
0: Technically, That's what the show is—just running down the whole (laughs) fucking (laughs) game. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) All right, three, two, one. All right, the first period, McKinnon showed a little deception handling the puck to send it to Comfort at the net front without looking, and Comfort caught it at the net front with his skate first. He sent it in on the power play. Uh, Av struggled on the back check and transition, and Quinn got the puck in the slot. McDonald was in a little too deep, and Paterka scored from the right circle. LOC held Paterka and took a penalty. AJ laid down to make the block. Tage Thompson recovered it and baited Georgiev to pull forward, and it went back door. Avs killed two of three penalties in that first period, controlled five-on-five, five, but needed to stay out of the box. In that second period, a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> I saw Our son, Foodie. McKinnon scored five-on-three high in the slot. Lickinnon scored shortly after. Uh, McCarr and McKinnon then after that got in the zone pretty easy, and McKinnon got it from McCarr in the slot once again. But then Tage Thompson set up from the point on their five-on-three. Dylan Cozens received the pass, wound it up, and fired it in. At the end of that second period, Cogliano O.C., they led the rush. O.C. shot, rebounds. Comfort gets it for his second goal of the night. Into the third period, Avs broke down defensively off the opening faceoff, and Alex Tuck scored to bring it 5-4. Avs managed to withstand the rest of that period. Uh, they scored on three of six power plays, killed five of seven PKs, and won
1: 6-4. Well done. Only needed a minute 20.
0: Only needed a minute 20. <laughs> I'm
1: still going to let it roll, and you guys are talking. I'm just randomly. Um, all right after taking all that in let's wind it all the way back to the first period it's a road game you get the start you want the abs are the team to score first go up one nothing and we can kind of expand this one we'll end up all over the place here but abs power play once again not the full difference in this game but certainly critical to keeping the abs in it early and ultimately get over the hump
0: absolutely. It did a lot of the heavy lifting and we talked about how that might be something we'd like to see change a little bit in December, but not because we'd like them to lay up on it, just because that top unit's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. It's great to see JT Comfer in general have the night that he has, but his influence on the power play tonight was definitely a big help to the Avs.
1: Yep. And, and the Avs need some of that. They got great performances out of their stars tonight. We'll get to that. But the for the Avs to win games on a consistent basis, especially on a night where, look, I don't think Georgiev was bad, but this wasn't a game that he stole for the Abs. The Avs needed to score tonight to get it done. And you need a JT Comfort to pitch in on those types of nights. And he did more than pitch in Absolutely, at a four-point night. But without that depth, yeah, it, I look at it this way. You kind of need... At least two of four things every night. You need your stars to produce, you need quality defense, you need your depth to produce, and you need goaltending. Two, at least, three of those things ideally to get a win on any given night. Right. Tonight, it was your stars and your depth producing for the Avs. So, that was JT Confer's role tonight, and he shone very brightly. And it's for the rest of the team... I'll I'll let you, I won't try and uh, change your views on it. How did you feel about the Avs first period as a whole?
0: I thought it was a great first period. Seeing how they let up at the beginning of the third period, I may have maybe wanted a little more in the first, but honestly, couldn't have asked for more of the first period, uh, especially just given where the Avs is coming into tonight in the thinned out roster. I was pretty happy with how they controlled things five on five. Only criticism would be penalties. And that's an overarching criticism of the game entirely. It caused a lot of disruption in the flow of the game the entire time. And so that would be my criticism of
1: the first. And I 100% agree. If that period had ended 1-1, I think you're perfectly happy with that for the Avs. The late penalty was really the killer for that period for me. And... Look, I understand there were some pretty soft calls tonight, but I guarantee you Jared Bednar is going, hey, can't take seven penalties in a hockey game. That's too many. You just can't do it. So I would be very surprised if the Avs were happy with certainly that part of their game tonight. I think there are things to be happy about, but their job tonight could have been a lot easier if they take a, took a few less penalties put it that way so 100% agree on that front uh honestly kind of a weird game at 5 on 5 the majority of it i think the avs played pretty decently for there were just some lapses here and there right so definitely don't don't completely hate it getting into that second buffalo goal We saw EJ slide a lot tonight. (laughs) Too much sliding, or just kind of unfortunate bounces?
0: Honestly, that one, I'm not super faulting EJ. I wish he would have gotten up a little bit sooner because his body created chaos yeah. around the puck that Buffalo is able to recover. And because he's sprawled out on the ground, he's not able to do that. So that required other abs players moving out of position to respond to that. And that just created opportunity. So it's hard to fault him for laying the body down to block because he should be doing that. But he has to get up quicker. Uh, and I don't know if he has that bounce in yeah, his step. The, the knees quite aren't the same quite way. like they used yeah, to be. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's really hard. Like, that is exactly what I'd like to see him doing, but it also created a problem because he couldn't get up quickly enough.
1: Okay, so not the slide, but the after. The is, after, okay. yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. The, then
0: you got, I don't know, when you're on the ground, then you got to be doing something more
1: coordinated. Instead of more just full planking.
0: <laughs> exactly. You got to be doing something from the ground then.
1: <laughs> okay. I, good answer. Good answer, as they say on Family Feud. <laughs> Uh, It's just, it's so tough because the Evs are so depleted. When they take three penalties in a period, it's not like, oh, okay, that's fine. We'll just rotate in JT Comfer on the penalty kill, which they would. But, you know, they can't rotate in Val Nechushkin. They can't rotate in Gabe Landeskog when they take a few too many penalties. And they're not going to trust guys like Jason Magna to do those jobs. So, you end up really taking the legs out of your penalty killers with three PKs in the same period. Is that really the problem there? Probably not. I, I, again, I think you put it really well. The The rotations required because of EJ's slide just left one side of the ice entirely open. And that's bad, it turns
0: out. And you've got Logan O'Connor in the box. Yep, One of your uh, best one, penalty so killers. So it just even is a formula for yeah. failure.
1: Yep, 100% unfortunate that uh, that was the way the first period ended but the second period was the abs you wanted to see it was chaotic <laughs> it was there was a lot of weirdness for sure both in the penalty department and just generally in the game lots of bouncing pucks lots of stuff heading all over the place so that's hockey though you got to you got to play through that you got to find a way to be a better team ultimately the abs did that tonight uh, do you think this is good enough with this lineup or do you think there's more to give here for Colorado?
0: I feel like I won't stop talking about what I want the potential for New Hook to be and sure. kind of similarly Galchenyuk just because of opportunities we saw where they specifically might have left a little bit on the table that I expected more from. Because then the other part of that is looking at Dryden Hahn, Jason Meghna, Anton Bleed, didn't really expect more for them. Just like on the flip There's side There's a hard ceiling there, for right. sure. But, looking at that line with Newhook, Galchenyuk, and to an extent Foodie, I still think they have a little bit more to give.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I hope you're right. Uh, we did talk about it tonight, though. Um, look, through two games, Alex Galchenyuk has been better than a bunch of those guys you just named. Is he changing the game for the Evs? No, but I think it's pretty easy to see how this guy could end up with a job once the Evs start to get healthy. Right. So hopefully there is that little bit more there, whether it's offensive ability or whatever. But I really didn't have any complaints about him tonight. He had a good defensive player too he wasn't out there making the Av's job harder nice enough i'm curious what you thought of foodie's game though
0: i really thought especially like in his first i think it was his very first shift that there was this past to new hook in the slot from the corner and then there was another pass shortly after that in that same shift that just wasn't received well that I thought demonstrated some of the playmaking abilities that I know he's capable of. Yep. And there does seem to be chemistry building in the short time we've seen between Newhook and Foodie specifically. That excites me a little bit. Um, it's that creativity that I know is important. But the other side of this too is we see how Foody's physicality stacks up against NHL-sized players. And we see that he has he lacks a little bit of sandpaper in his game that is necessary at the NHL level. So like on the whole I was really excited with how well Foodie fit in because I still view him as a little bit young to be in an NHL lineup regularly, yeah. but I'm still excited by what he teases at in his creativity, playmaking ability. Um, there's just a few things on getting grittiness, that edge to his game, that he, he could probably stand to work on a bit.
1: So, let's say perfect world, the abs get back from this road trip, Helm's good to go. Both Foodie and Galchenyuk safe?
0: I wouldn't count on Foodie being safe. Fair enough. And he's in the lowest risk position to return to Loveland and help out a team that is also in dire straits right now. Like, they're winning games, don't get me wrong, but they are constructed of a lot of ECHL call-ups. A new PTO guy has joined the team. Like, they could definitely use Foodie back.
1: Fair enough. I'm just curious if you thought maybe an Anton Bleed would, would get sent down first. So...
0: I hope so. Um But I'm not sure what the Avs do in in that case. And
1: yeah, I to be clear, I think it will be foodie as well. Specifically because Jared Bednar looks at him bottom six and almost always goes with the guy who he trusts more defensively. And regardless of what you think of Anton Bleed's play, Bednar sees him as a defense first forward in the bottom six. So my expectation would be it is foodie, but I'm. I was curious if there's maybe a chance that with some solid play he could stick at least until the Avs get healthier. Yeah, I guess we'll
0: have to see what he does in Boston. Yeah,
1: he's got he's got another game or two here, maybe. So, uh, Boston could be an interesting game. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get there. I wanted to get back to the power play. I do. So I think something happens with. People who watch a lot of the NHL, myself included, Jesse included, where we get really jaded about the (laughs) five-on-three. We expect things to look a lot better and teams to score automatically on on five-on-threes. And it's just not actually the case. If you were watching the watch log, Jesse and I were both being like, wow, this five-on-three is so stagnant. This is bad. We don't like this. But it didn't matter because... Turns out the whole point of a five on three is there's more room out there. And once Nathan McKinnon found it, it was in the back of the net. Are you as jaded as we are, Megan, or are you a little bit more positive about it?
0: Um, I feel maybe more neutral about it. It it does feel to me like anytime you have a man advantage, but especially when you have two man advantage, right? You have to capitalize on that and because that's the expectation when you have just one man advantage. And so it's not so different from how I feel about the Avs capitalizing on the power play, which they've demonstrated an acumen to do. So I have an expectation and it's a standard I've set for the Avs specifically, but I felt like they weren't moving their feet as much as I expected them to right at the start of that five on three. But I think we all stood corrected when they just pose enough of a threat, even if they look a bit stagnant, that it doesn't matter.
1: It's it's funny, right? Because, yeah, they were standing still. And, and you'd like to see them move their feet more. I think that's a fair criticism. But at the same time, sometimes it's not the big swooping movements that are important. It's the six inches McKinnon moves to the left right. to open up that shooting lane. And that's all he needs. Pucks in the back. So there's more minutiae to it than, oh, they're all just standing still. I just wanted to put that out there as... A self-burn as much as anything is like, you know what? Sometimes they know what they're doing. They know what
0: they're doing. (laughs) I felt, too, the power play as a whole. McKinnon specifically took different looks, and I think it benefited him tonight, too. And so that's why I throw the judgment to him on that type of thing. And he had great judgment tonight.
1: And it's a good point about the different looks. We've seen McKinnon work up high. We've seen Miko work up high. They did it with Comfer on that five on three in that high forward spot. So while there might not necessarily be movement in the moment, there still are players in different positions around the ice, throwing different stuff at the other team. So very good point there. Uh, Then, of course, look, they go from... People worried about them not scoring on that five on three. Do they score on the five on three and the rest of the five on four after it? So
0: <laughs> you can't really ask for more. <laughs> literally
1: doing the thing that you want them to do. They end up three for six on the power play. We already talked about it, but 50% is pretty good. <laughs> Hard to ask for more than that. For sure. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by the amazing people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account with them to bet five dollars on any NHL team, and if they win their next game, you get hundred and fifty dollars in free bets. So jump on it right now. Uh, I don't. What's a good team to bet on right now? I never feel comfortable because it's like, oh yeah, I bet on New Jersey, but it's like, oh, they've won too many games. Right. That now it's come. when the
0: tide turns. Yeah,
1: right. So pick wisely. Maybe go like tonight. Find a team playing a team on a second half of a back to back. Bet against them. (laughs) You'll be good to go. Uh, DraftKings, of course, has tons of other bets, whether it be in hockey or pretty much any other sport under the sun. Uh, You can get a good bet in going on Thursday Night Football right now. So that's where everyone was instead of at the Sabre Stadium because there were a lot of empty seats in that building, let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) Head on over to DraftKings. Use the DNVR code when you sign up. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below. For details, and of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel merchandiser of DNVR. If you haven't seen their golf towels, they're so cool. It's like, it's such a weird, silly thing. It's so cool seeing the DNVR logo on a towel. That's true. I just think it's dope. So you can get that. Of course, you can also get shirts, hats, pants, or most importantly, the beer koozie to put in your <laughs> golf bag. Holds seven beers, keeps them cold for you. You can bring them right onto the course with you and have a good time in your rounds. Check them out at pinsandaces.com and use the DNVR code to get, I think it's 15% off in free shipping. It might only be 10%. I don't want to oversell it, but you get a discount in free shipping with the DNVR code at pinsandaces.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast and a lot more goals to go.
0: (laughs) That second period.
1: It popped off. It popped off hard in the second period. Megan, you're the one always talking about how the Avs apply pressure. (laughs) Yes, there were weird bounces. Was it the applying pressure in the second period that paid off, or was this the Avs capitalizing on opportunities that were given to them?
0: Truthfully, it feels like the Avs capitalizing on opportunities that were giving to them because okay. two of those come about five on three, and then the subsequent five on four. Sure. Um, and so you expect them to do that right, um, and they have to apply pressure to capitalize on those chances. But I think it was given to them theirs to lose that kind of thing a little more easily, if you will, than when I talk about applying pressure. Um, but. It's exactly what they needed to do, so I'm not faulting them for that whatsoever.
1: There is certainly a difference between forcing a team into an error and capitalizing on an unforced one, right? right? At the end of the day, the result is the same. You either score or you don't. But you feel very differently about the flow of the game depending on which ones are happening. Again, with that being said, I don't think the Avs played all that bad tonight. In fact, I think they played good, certainly in the offensive zone. Uh, they outshot Buffalo during the parts of the game that it mattered. Yes, things got weird. What do you think, outside of the penalty, what else do the Abs need to pr- improve?
0: If I have to come up with something...
1: I'm going to make you do it.
0: <laughs> um... Man, this feels like it doesn't need to be this difficult. I'm just so happy with what they did tonight. And it, we talked about the formula, right? The yep. score. I guess there may be some of the bottom pairing defensemen. I'd, I'd like to see stronger performances. I think a lot of Taves McCarr did heavy lifting, emphasis McCarr on McCarr. Over 30 perso- minutes. Yes, tonight. I personally yeah. felt like McCarr had a good night defensively, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Taves, you know, I, that third period start. was really a rough look for him. That was weird. And then on the whole I think just had some touch and go moments. Still a great top pairing defenseman, right? But maybe that's where I'd like to see the AFC reinforcement to right now their decor is another area that's affected by absences.
1: Great. You said that and it Josh Manson falling over came flooding back into my brain. Ghosts definitely
0: do exist because there's no way Josh Manson (laughs) falls without being touched in that moment unless the ghosts exist.
1: Confirmed. Sabers are haunted for sure.
0: <laughs> I wanted to talk about how I actually feel like Yorgiev had a fine night. Yeah, uh, agree. A lot of it spent, you know, defending a, on the kill alongside his team, and he stops a lot of high danger chances too. I think like he yep. stops ten of twelve because Buffalo, though the scoring chances were distributed pretty evenly among these teams, Buffalo especially as a result of being on the power play throughout points of this game really tested Georgiev. And so that's not an area that I point to with a lot of concern either. So maybe just buffing up defensively, uh, especially in the the two bottom pairs there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know which which of these goals do you fault Georgiev on. Sure, the power play goal that Thompson scored, maybe you'd like to see him play it a little less aggressively, but that's still a wide-open dude with half the ice to play with. It's the Dylan Cousins one on the five on three is an unreal shot. Alex Tuck on a breakaway later.
0: That was tough, too, because <laughs> there's even this part of me that maybe even G- Georgiev was ready to try and play that puck himself. Yeah, he got and then caught then halfway a little bit for sure. What was happening and that Taves was not going to make it back in time.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it, there's back and forth there, right? When Taves make a mistake, you would love to see Georgiev bail him out. Right. But. That doesn't mean that Taves didn't make a mistake that Georgiev wasn't able to stop it. So 100% agree, put zero fault on the four goals towards Georgiev tonight, And, and he never gave up the critical goal, right? The Avs were never down by more than one in this game. While Buffalo did push back, they never got closer to within one in the second and third periods. So
0: just trying to remember in the third, there was that I think it was a breakaway chance that Buffalo was given a skater yeah. in all alone yeah. yep. gets stopped, could have changed the course of that entire yep. game.
1: Definitely made a few solid ones on Buffalo had a number of chances cutting through the middle one way or another in the third period that you don't love. But no, I mean, I have to win this game, right? Yep, exactly. And, and again, understanding the context of the Avs roster right now. If the end result is abs win the game, honestly, how it got made, don't overthink it.
0: <laughs> if you had to come up with a criticism, I think we were looking at the second period specifically, but just outside of penalties, yeah. what would yours be?
1: Uh, so the one criticism I has does circle around that fourth goal for the, the Sabres. As the abs are constructed right now, they're not a team that can afford to take shifts off. You cannot have a shift where you just fall asleep like that. Thankfully, they had the cushion with the lead that they get away with it in this one. But shifts like that or how you end up losing the game like they did to Vancouver a couple nights ago, yeah. a week ago, really. Those ones, you know, that feels like a team that get got a little bit too comfortable in the game in that moment. Yeah, and is it a deep concern? No, but it's something you'd like to see them clean up for sure. Definitely. So... Is what it is. Thankfully, the Avs have a bunch of offensive dynamos on this team. Uh, you already mentioned it. They scored three straight in the second period. Two of them coming from McKinnon. More importantly, McKinnon getting some production at 5-on-5. Five five. The 5-on-5 five five offense was better tonight, ultimately. The Abs pick up two goals at 5-on-5 five five in the, the second period. Is that good enough do the abs need better five on five stuff from you kind of already alluded to the new hook line do they need that or is that gravy on top eventually eventually eventually
0: because i don't know how sustainable it is for nights like tonight where the stars show up and they have a lot of opportunities with special teams to make it happen outside of five on five Um, but it just feels like a magic trick that will not perform for the entire season so you'd like to see them figure it out five on five
1: yeah, I, I don't even know if it's a worry for me in the regular season necessarily, but you understand how important that type of stuff is in the playoffs, where right. all of a sudden, you know, everyone's defending that much harder. Your stars will still be your stars, but 4.5-point nights, rare occurrence in the playoffs. So, and let's face it, while plenty of this team has been there before, you get confidence going into the playoffs because you've done it in the regular season. Right. It's definitely part of the deal there. So, yeah, I, obviously the, the cousins goal comes on the five on three. We talked about this live during the game. The Miko penalty felt a little soft, but that, Tabes. yeah, the, of all people, Devontae should know better than to take that penalty and put the abs in a tough spot there. I, uh, this has kind of been a running theme. You already talked about it a little bit. It's not that Taves is terrible, but no. there's just some hiccups in his game here and there. Uh, are you attributing that to this usage mostly, or is, is there something else going on there?
0: I think I'm not even sure I'm sold on that, but it's that's the closest explanation I can think of is that okay. it, it's more glaring and obvious because we're seeing him a lot more. There's more room for mistakes to be made. Um, and a tribute to him. But I, and I, I, think we just have come to expect so much from both a and Makar that the mistakes that get made are a little more glaring as a result.
1: Yeah. It, it, when the bar is top 10 defenseman in the world, yeah. it, sometimes it's hard to live up to. Exactly. Sure. So, and, and look, you know, I don't want to be completely negative here on Makar and Taves. Like you said, uh, Really, Makar played very, very well on the whole tonight. And even with the uh, the hiccups for Devon Taves, I believe he had two points. It was certainly a, at least one point for him. Yep, two assists Aww. for Taves, two assists for Makar as well. Uh, so I you can definitely ask more of him. You don't like that penalty. You don't like the play at the start of the third period. But, you know, he had two bad plays, and he picks up two assists. It, it evens out a little bit in the end. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. This game did feel weird, right? Because so many penalties, so many other weird things going on, there was just very, very little flow. So maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe the Avs deserve a little bit of credit for keeping themselves in this game.
0: I think they definitely do because it felt weird from the first period on with the way penalties were being called back and forth, two five-on-threes in the second period. It's just a bit strange. And the consistency, too, of how... A lot of these penalties were called were a little questionable at times, too. So, as we mentioned, it disrupted the flow of the game. And it's a great win on on the road, too. Yep. After a pretty disappointing loss in Winnipeg, definitely happy about it.
1: Yep. And uh, to your point, uh, the third period, I still haven't seen a replay of the Magna hold. I'm curious. I'm letting that one go. One, because they were pre- pretty consistently calling those holds throughout this game. Even if they were soft, they were at least being consistent about it. Uh, the Anton bleed tripping is just not a trip as far as I can tell. Every angle I've seen is the guy just fell over after the fact.
0: If that hadn't been called, I would have credited bleed for a good play. Yeah. So it's tough.
1: <laughs> and, but you know what? Even on a night where... They did give up two penalty kill goals. Third period, the couple penalty kills they need to hold on to a one-goal lead. Absolutely. They get the job done. That's a penalty
0: kill that was tested a lot this night. And at points, like we mentioned, without Logan O'Connor when he's in the box. And that's one that they do get scored on. But all of it to say, that's still a pretty good penalty kill on the whole.
1: Yeah. Two for seven. Not anything to write home about, but not killing you on a night. You get three power play goals. You still win the special teams battle. Right. So.
0: And I don't normally get to say this, but I think (laughs) the Avs won the face-off battle too. Ooh.
1: ooh, JT Comfort individually had a
0: terrific night at the face-off dot. And since I, I, we talked about it, they only matter situationally. When they matter, they matter. But I think tonight,
1: they did win the battle, 56-44. Let's go. I don't have the individual stat numbers, but Confer was 66% for how many. That's excellent. To... Yep. So, no, no complaints about the face-offs tonight. <laughs> One of the most popular complaints about the abs is that they suck at face-offs. Not tonight. <laughs> um, all right. We are also brought to you by this thing that I'm definitely not loading on my screen right now. Uh, the amazing people over at Green Mountain Dental. You can go over there, get a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth with the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. There's 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. I seriously grew up like right by their office. So they're super dope. They're super great at what they do. They'll send you reminders about when you need to get your next cleaning and all that stuff. Trust me, you want to get your teeth cleaned, otherwise you'll end up with terrible teeth like me. So make sure you're hitting up Green Mountain Dental, taking care of yourself. And brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They have a bunch of amazing flavors out there. They got their Christmas ale. They got their winter ale. I think it's an ale also. I, they have it's I don't ever know what to say which beers on their reads, because they seriously have dozens of beers. So, if you like beer at all, I guarantee you they have a beer for you. Go check them out at breckbrew.com and you can also pick up some dope merch from them over there too. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Is the poll done? Are we good to go on our
0: it was done a long time ago. I saw it a second ago. There were over 100 votes. Ooh,
1: a lot of voters. Yeah, for sure. It's the fan voted king of the game. it's McKinnon right like you guys didn't vote for confer okay good you guys chose the correct answer not that confer wasn't great but a five-point night from Mac two great goals and is involved in all but one of the Avs goals with the assists sure one of those is a secondary on the empty netter but still this is the night I expected after the Avs get held scoreless it's always the big guns that say put the foot down we're doing this
0: It's true. McKinnon, Rantanen, thought Makar had a good night, too. Wouldn't have pegged JT Conford to have been another part of that equation, but it really was a lot of McKinnon tonight.
1: Yep. He was just on and made sure to get it done. Again, all of the critical moments in this hockey game, the five-on-three, it's Nathan McKinnon scoring. You get Nathan McKinnon at five-on-five to give them the two-goal lead, a little bit of cushion and comfortability. In a weird hockey game. He's just too good. I don't know how else to put it with Mac.
0: Even defensively, actually. Thinking back to the third period, I think it was McKinnon on the back check that yep. defended against a lone skater yep. in. and
1: At the end it, of their power play. He made play. it look yep.
0: easy, too. And it was a critical defensive moment that was needed, and he made it look easy.
1: Yep. And, and you know, the difference tonight, a little bit. You kind of mentioned it. It wasn't necessarily the abs applying pressure. But the Avs capitalize on chances where Buffalo didn't. That breakaway, Mac tracks that guy down. A couple of upper op- other opportunities where Buffalo sends a puck wide. It doesn't quite click for them. For the Avs, it did click offensively. Uh, yes, off of Nathan McKinnon, but also McCarr, Ranton, and even Lekkonen pieces got involved for the abs
0: absolutely like thinking back to the five on five mckinnon goal it starts because of taves and then mccarr and mckinnon entering the zone pretty uncontested because they capitalized on a buffalo mistake in transition and that you can't make mistakes like that against the avalanche team and against players like that
1: Yeah, and not to go unmentioned well i think we did already mention it but jt con for second goal off of a quality play from a, the depth line that good he plays point, on. Yeah. Good point. Logan O'Connor should be getting an assist on that, I believe. So. Yeah,
0: and Cogs, and they're the ones leading the rush on that. Honestly, OC had a lot of looks tonight. Yes,
1: he did. Generated sh- well. The but. finish
0: is <laughs> obviously the criticism, but really good looks and thought he was involved in um, an important way.
1: It was Jost, you're right. Mac tracked down Jost. Oh. <laughs> uh, which I told you before the game, he wasn't scoring on the ads. Was... I
0: thought he'd get a point.
1: No, I. Toast is a whole other vibe. It's its own special thing. Toast is <laughs> a whole other vibe. Uh, okay, you get through it. They hold it down, despite the sketchy penalty kills that they did have in the third period the last portion of the third honestly felt pretty comfortable for this team. They didn't really panic and they ultimately end up getting the empty netter almost felt easier than the rest of the game at the end there. Um, so I, while it was far from perfect with context, as we've said, it's really hard to take any serious negatives out of a night like tonight. Um, I know we have a bunch of Super Chats to get to, so let's hit those really quick, and then we'll wrap things up.
0: Nice job, (laughs) Briggsy.
1: $5 from Dylan, who says, uh, first time at the DNVR bar tonight, and gotta say, it was pretty dope. Even got a sweet Brew hat and shirt. There you go. Nice. Get the good stuff. $2 from Kevin, who says, the Mac attack is back, Jack. Yeah, I... Look, there are certain games, so many games every year where it's like, yeah, Nathan McKinnon's just going to win the abs a hockey game. And that's uh, it's a nice benefit of having one of the best players in the world. <laughs> if he gets any help at all, the abs win a lot. He got enough help for the abs to win tonight. $2 from Brazilian Fury, who says, Hi, friends, it's been a while. Good to see you all. It has been a while. Good to see you back. Good to see you. I forget your name because you changed it. You used to have your actual name, and I'm sorry that I don't remember it. I remember his picture. Yeah, the picture is so funny. Yeah. $2 from Melanie, who says, thanks. Oh, it's a super sticker. Sorry, sorry. Thanks, written on top of a purple heart. <laughs> Thank you, Melanie. Uh, and then $2 from DeGro, who says the Bruins game will be too crazy. Buckle up. I don't like, so I genuinely don't know what to expect out of the, the Boston game uh, at all. Because stuff just happens, right? Like the super injured AVs already gave Vegas one of their three losses this year. So hockey's dope like that. It doesn't, I wouldn't bet on the AVs to win that game, but anything is possible. Uh okay. So look, I know I'm I'm kinda reiterating myself here, but with the Avs lineup, any win is a good win right now.
0: That one felt good.
1: It did feel good. Uh any uh any other final thoughts? Anything I I missed, you missed, you want to touch on, Megan? Nope. All right. No. Sweet. Uh I could do with the less ten goal games. I will say that. Yeah. This one was a little hectic, to say the least. This (laughs) honestly was. Hopefully that gets a little bit under control, but you take it however you can get it. We're going to get out of here for the night. Keep it short. Hope everyone has a good rest of your evening as we're actually out of here at a reasonable hour for once after an Avs game. We appreciate all of you. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, normal 1 o'clock show. Hope to see you there. Uh, Until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.